Welcome to the Sowing Hope Podcast. This is a show all about implanting hope in our hearts. I'm Bill Snyder, joined by my friend Ann DeSantis. We're glad you're here for our uplifting conversation about faith and how it sustains our hearts through all the seasons of life. Thanks for walking with us. Hi, this is Ann DeSantis, and welcome to the Sewing Hope podcast. And uh, this evening, you'll be joined by just myself uh, and my wonderful guest here. I have Mr. Stefan Smart. Thank you so much for joining us, Stefan. Oh, it's a pleasure, Ann. It's really lovely to be with you all. Thank you. Yes. And so I'm going to read your bio because you really are doing amazing work. Uh, and Stefan Smart is a UK actor who had a big dream to take the greatest of all stories ever told, the Gospel of Mark, and perform it as it was originally intended, live. And in one sitting, Stefan's one-man show, I Am Mark, has proven to be a stunning success all over the UK, selling out and filling up churches, cathedrals, conferences, schools. And now it is finally available in the U.S. on global TV station CMAX. So welcome again. And uh, it's such an honor for me to have this podcast with you. And I'm sorry that our my co-host Bill is not able to join us this time around, but he will be back soon. Uh, busy months of the summer, of course, for, for many of us spending time with family. So sure. no worries at all, Anne. It's lovely to see you. Yes. And so why don't we start out with, if we could, the beginning of your journey in all of this, because I know that you have an amazing journey to share. Sure. Yeah. I, I've been a Christian, let me think now, must be about 36 years, something like that. And um, from a non-church background, I fell deeply head over heels in love with the Lord. And very, very soon after that, that moment, um, I found myself thinking, I think God's calling me to communicate his love to other people. And uh, I just didn't know what that looked like. And I tried various things and, and so on. I became a school teacher and still there was this sense that was something I was meant to be doing, but I hadn't quite found that yet. And then uh, a few years ago, I started learning Mark's gospel as a way of reciting or rather communicating that amazing story, which you referred to earlier. And I did it as a hobby, to be honest, Anne. I, I, I knew that as an English teacher and a drama teacher at school, uh, I loved telling stories and I knew that it had an amazing effect, it seemed, on my, my school children. And I thought that I could maybe transfer that gift to my Christian faith. Uh, and so that's why I did it. I learned Mark's gospel because it was, A, it was the most action-packed. B, it was the one which a lot of actors have used in the past. And I thought, if they can do it, maybe I can. And C, it's the shortest one. So I thought, there aren't that many lines to learn. But it was really a kind of experiment. It wasn't anything more than that. But Eventually, I think must be about now five, six years ago, I found myself coming under a real conviction that this was what God wanted me to do. This was it. And the more I did it, the more it seemed that was the case. And, and so this, the story could go on and on, but that really is the, 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 you know, the, the bare bones. Mm. 
Well, it's certainly not bare bones because there's so much more, right? Than even what you just told us. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think it's an incredible thing because you took what you learned in your teaching life and just in your life in general, and God enlightened you to be able to do what you're doing now. And so the, you're, you're really on a, a beautiful path uh, of faith. And, uh, and also tell us a little bit about your personal life. I know, you know, I'm located here in the United States. You're out there in the UK. Uh, tell us more about um, just your personal life, your family, sure. whatever so you want to share. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm married with uh, three grown-up children. My wife, Susie, my three children, David, Peter, and Genevieve is her long name, but we call her Fee for short. And uh, I hope they're listening because <laughs> I just say hello. Um, mm -hmm. and they are they are the loves of my life. Um, and I really couldn't be here without them, especially my wife, Susie, who is incredibly supportive. And, um, you know, I, I love her so much. And I, I belong to a, a church here in Southampton in the UK. It's not a Roman Catholic church, but um, I know there are many in that church who are interested in the sorts of things that you guys get up to. Personally, I, I am really fascinated and so helped by Ignatian spirituality. And that's mm. actually helped very much in, my, in these last few stages of my journey here because uh, recently I've retired from school teaching and now I'm going full-time uh, with Mark mainly, but also doing some spiritual direction. And I'm finding that sense of drawing close to God in the way that Ignatius encourages us has brought me so much riches, so much in terms of understanding how God moves in an individual's life, um, how he cooperates, or rather how we cooperate with him. And that, that for me is a, a huge blessing. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love Ignatian spirituality too, because there's such an awareness of the present moment and on a recognition of feelings, but not necessarily giving into despair or vice right it's it's more to to recognize god even in those dark times yeah and so that's a beautiful thing yeah. so uh tell us what's going on right now because here we are in summer 2021 and we're just coming off of this pandemic sure it's um it's it's a very strange time obviously for everybody and for an actor who thrives on live performances I think it's particularly strange. I've been blessed because I have, at the beginning of this year, the film which you mentioned earlier, I Am Mark with C-Max TV. It came out in January. And so I've been involved in promoting that um, since the beginning of the year. Um, but even so, I haven't had the opportunities that, that I would have wanted to perform. Um, Having said all of that, I found it's just been an amazing time, as I said earlier, of getting, getting closer to God. And there's so much that's, as it were, at the point now of being birthed. Such exciting things. To give you one example, I don't know if you, I'm sure you've heard about a man called John Wesley. Uh, in the yes. US. No. Um, well, um, one of the things I've found recently is I've sat and prayed, and I've prayed an awful lot, because uh, I've had more time to, I guess. Um, is this sense that God wanted me to tour in the open air uh, around the sites where John Wesley preached in the UK. And it felt such a weird and strange kind of suggestion. But the more I looked into it, the more I explored it, the more 
doors started opening. And uh, just the other week, I was down in Cornwall in the UK, just touring a few sites um, to do with where Wesley was preaching. And um, as I went down there, even though I hadn't planned this, I met people who were in charge of those sites, who had a lot to do with the Methodist church in those sites. And they were so encouraging and supportive and optimistic about the possibilities of mm -hmm. reaching out in this way. So that's one thing that some amazing opportunities have come up, which I would never have, I would never have thought of by myself. And that's so exciting. And the other thing about how things are going for me at the moment is that, that drawing closer to God, I think, has been the, the joyous thing. I'm sure it's true of so many people. It's been a tough time for everybody. And I know it's, it's, it's been, in, for many, it's, it's, it's meant a lot of loss. But for many as well, it's meant a kind of opportunity, I guess, to renew their acquaintance with him. And, and he's taught me so much. So to give you an example, can I say a couple of examples? Yes, please. Okay. So I was in Cornwall and I was just touring one of those sites I mentioned. And I found the Lord, I think the Lord saying to me, he said, Stefan, um, you know that the relationship we have together, it's a, it's a great friendship, isn't it? It's a, it's a warm, it's an intimate friendship. And I said, yes, Lord. And he said, well, that's exactly the relationship I had with Wesley. You know, I had, it, it isn't any different. He was his own unique man. But you and he, you, you have the same thing. It's no different. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, mm -hmm. forever. That was such a mind-blowing thing. And then later on in that day, I had this impression. I said, I said to the Lord, Lord, you know why I'm doing this, don't you? I, I want to reach out to, to church people. That's really a joy and a blessing because Mark is so rich as a, a, as a gospel. It's incredibly beautiful mm -hmm. and powerful. But my heart, Lord, is to reach out to those who don't go to church. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But this was the interesting thing. I don't know how you would feel about this if you'd heard it. But for me, it was really mind-blowing. It felt like the Lord was saying to me, Stefan, I'm not interested in the demarcation you, you make, the categories you can fall into. Do you, do you know what I'm interested in? I said, no, Lord, what are you interested in? I'm interested in each and every individual soul. That's what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. I want yeah. to engage with every single one. Wow, that's just so exciting. I, I just feel so enlivened by that suggestion about God's knowledge of each and every one of us and his desire to engage with us. And for whether you happen to feel you know him or not, or even know him a little bit, it's like he loves each one so powerfully. And that's really motivating me um, in terms of what happens next. Yeah, that's beautiful because really what it comes down to, although the church itself, like worldwide, globally, right, is a, a massive group of people, but God loves each one of those people and desires the relationship with each person. So I think what you're doing is the best way to evangelize. It really is. And when I'm looking at your bio, it says that uh, success all over the UK, selling out and filling up churches, cathedrals, conferences, and schools. Tell us about that because now, of course, we just came off of this pandemic. We're still coming off of it. Yeah. But what was that like before? Oh, my goodness. You know, I said earlier about how I found myself thinking, you know, God is actually really serious about this. This is his idea. 
As soon as I said yes to that possibility, things started escalating rapidly. So we're talking of just about five years ago. And do you know what I found myself doing, first of all? I, <laughs> I was inspired, if that's the right word, to perform this piece in Hyde Park Corner. This is the world famous Speaker's Corner in London where loads of people come every Sunday afternoon and they have these huge kind of gatherings of people saying what they feel. It's like freedom of speech. And, but the thing is, which I didn't realize, everyone says their speech at the same time. Um, so it's really, really noisy. And not only that, people go down there deliberately to argue. So they go and they heckle each other and they clash with each other. They don't come to blows, hopefully, but it's the most, it's like a bear pit. And I found myself thinking the Lord's saying, go there first, that's the first thing. And so with some trepidation, I went and I did my performance and it was amazing. I can only say this, it wasn't, it wasn't easy. It was really hard. I, I forgot my words several times because of the noise. It was so distracting. But having said all of that, I found this amazing sense of God being with me in it because in contrast to everything else that was happening, um, with all the heckling and all the arguing, um, there was this sense that no one was heckling me. No one was interrupting me. And why? Well, I, I put it down to two things. One, the presence of God potentially in the words themselves, but two, the fact that it was a story. It was so impolite to heckle a story. You can't interrupt the story. <laughs> and so um, I held these people who, some of whose were quite hostile, you could see, in, in the palm of my hands. It was just amazing. And that's just propelled me into all sorts of things. So yes, I started doing this tour of all the speakers' corners in the UK. And then when I did that, I met people who said, hey, we've got a cathedral here, come and do it in the cathedral or whatever it might be. And so it just generated rapidly until eventually I, met, I went to the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and um, into a secular theatre there on the Royal Mile. And that was in 2019. And then I found, although it was only there five days, all five of those shows were completely sold out. It, unbelievable, Anne, I can only say, mm. unbelievable. God was, must, must have been with me because I could never have done any of that. <laughs> Mm. yeah i would love to come out there and actually watch you in person there but maybe you'll visit the united states i don't know because well, you are doing the cmax we're going to talk about that too yeah west global tv cmax please tell us more about that too yeah so in terms of visiting the united states i'm actually already in kind of hoping i can do that in, and in discussions with people uh because i'd absolutely love to um cmax yeah so Having done Edinburgh, I, I, it's just funny how God works. I went to a very small hamlet in, in the UK, just a, a, a group of about 50 people. And um, I did my performance there and really enjoyed it. Little did I know that there was someone in the, in the audience who belongs to Catholic Charismatic Renewal, mm. who was a theologian called Rich Roberts. And he went over to the States and mentioned this to the executive producer of CMAX, Daryl Wentworth, and said, I've just seen this guy. You should get him on CMAX. 
And so that's what happened. I, I got contacted out of the blue, it seems. And um, I talked to Daryl, it must be about, uh, yeah, over a year and a half ago now. And um, we started talking about this idea of maybe me coming to the States and doing a performance there and having that filmed and putting it on CMAX. It didn't happen because of COVID, but we still went ahead with the, with the film. We filmed it here in the UK. And then Daryl's now put it out on CMAX with his colleagues uh, on CMAX TV. And so that's there, it's there. And you can, you can rent it, you can stream it, you can subscribe to CMAX. There are all sorts of ways of doing it. I think they're gonna try and make it into a downloadable thing as well soon. So yeah, it's there on CMAX TV. Mm, beautiful. Boy, God is really working in your life in so many ways. And he's, he's using you to evangelize and to reach those people who, like you said, that the heart that you have to reach people who are away from faith and not really thinking too much about God or the Lord or following his will. So I, I, I just commend you for doing such incredible work for others and for the kingdom. Thank you very much. I'm, I'm, I, I can't pretend it's been all easy. And um, I want to stress that because all the stories I've told you are very positive, obviously, and they are, they're full of joy. But amid, amidst all of that is difficulty as well and, mm-hmm. and struggle and loneliness. So it's not as if it's all straightforward, but now I've retired from teaching and I've had this opportunity, I would never ever have swapped it in all the world. It is it's just the most amazing freedom to just do what I feel God is saying and go for it. Mm. Well, on that note regarding people who are kind of feeling marginalized or away from their faith, would you have any words of advice to listeners, either who are A, kind of feeling that sense of distance or people who want to evangelize and how can they take a step forward to evangelize those people? Wow, that's a huge question. Mm -hmm. I, I can't pretend to be an expert in evangelism. But I can share an honest answer to that question. Mm-hmm. Firstly, for those who are on the, who feel themselves on the margins, I know I know how that feels. Absolutely. I think for me, what we're talking about though isn't church so much as friendship with the Lord Jesus. I think mm-hmm. in the end, and it all boils down to what's what's important. And He is more interested in having that friendship than you are in with Him. He is, you know, even if you are desperate to have that friendship with him, he's more interested. He, he loves you so much in every aspect of your life. And, and he knows you in every aspect of your life. There's nothing that's beyond his understanding. Nothing. Mm. So I would encourage if anyone's listening who feels distance from God and distant from faith or, or the church, I would encourage that, them to, re- to recognize that they are loved. And that's it. That's the end of the story in so many words. That's what Mark's gospel essentially is about. God reaching out in human form to individuals in their lives. There's so many stories in that, in that story uh, that I would recommend anyone to read about Jesus's interest in the individual, as well as whole communities, as well as the whole world. But his focus is as wide and as narrow as to encompass everything and everyone. And therefore, each individual is special. And he reaches out to that individual. He's gentle. He's never commanding in the sense of making 
people do what they don't want to do. He's always gentle, but he's always authoritative and he's always healing. And he always does what is right and best for, this, for the individual, what is good for that person. I, I, you know, I've never met anyone like him. And I can only say, <laughs> I would just commend him to everybody. Mm. Yeah, commend him to everybody and use the word healing. I'm sure that in your ministry, you have witnessed some of that just because you've met some people, you've watched like the reactions that they have to even what you're doing. Can you talk a little bit more about that too? What is it like for you being involved in something that God is using to bring healing to others? Yeah, it depends what you mean by healing. I, I think, you know, I, I'm, I haven't necessarily in those times of ministry experienced things where physical healings have happened, although that may, that may have taken place. But I believe that God is at work, that, that his, one of his main, you know, functions if you like is to heal he's the ultimate physician I'll, I'll tell you a story of something like that which still blows my mind when I think about it being in a in a normal high street in the UK Watford in near London uh, doing my performance a, a crowd of people there there must have been about 50 people all around in the middle of this precinct and pedestrian precinct and, and, and I remember this very distinctly because before the performance started, I prayed. I said, Lord, it's, it's a huge responsibility, what I'm about to do. Um, I'm, I'm taking on your, your, your personality, your, the, your, the personality of your son. And I'm attempting to portray it. And I, I, all I can ask for, Lord, is if in some way I can download some of your personality, please. Because I don't want to do this in my own strength i want to in some way reflect you and i went out there and and i did this performance and it must have been about very very soon after i started about a third of the way in i noticed something strange happening every time the, my character jesus spoke there was this holy hush it was like we were all caught in this bubble and and we're talking about a busy high street but it wasn't busy in the sense of it being, it was so quiet and peaceful. And I knew as I looked around, I felt this incredible love. I, I can only explain it in this way for the people I was looking at. It was just unconditional. Even so far as, and this went all the way on through the performance, even so far as I was a local youth coming by with his mates and they thought this was hilarious what was going on. And they started shouting and right in the middle of um, the crucifixion scene, he threw a, a soda bottle into the, the performance area. And, you know, ordinarily that would have been really upsetting. <laughs> but I found myself thinking, I, I'm completely, yeah, I completely love this individual. And this is so surprising. But what was even more surprising was that everyone else who was watching this performance were caught up in the sense of being loved, not by me, but by, by God. They were like, there was a sense of, I am, I know I am being loved right now. And I found myself thinking, is this what it was like? Is this what it was really like when Jesus was on the earth? They were caught in this incredible sense of each one being important to Jesus. Unbelievable. And I guess that could be said to be healing. 
the recognition of that value which we all have in a moment, in a special moment. I, I believe could have, I'm sure it would, was life changing for many of them. Mm, so special to hear this. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm visualizing all of this and almost wishing I was there to be able to watch this, but it's just wonderful to hear your story because it, it says a lot about what and how God is using you to evangelize people. And, uh, and so like, you're right, healing is, it can be, people think of something like physical healing, but there's also healings of just being in the presence of God and, and the recognition that he does love you. He is with you. He cares for you. And you, your life means something. I think people need to know that too. They need to know that their lives actually do have a purpose and a meaning. I wondered if you could also talk about, you know, we've watched a lot of unrest in the last year and a half or so in the whole world. I mean, not just the UK and the United States, but all over the place, because there's so many misunderstandings and there's so many um, points of discussion and points of uh, contention between individuals and groups, whether it be related to politics, religion or other things that separate people, right? And that's not what God wants. God wants us to come together in commonality. You know, we can still have our, our beliefs and our differences and even our points of uh, differences in terms of all of those different topics that I just mentioned. But God has a desire for us to come together in worship and in love and in doing really what's important to make the kingdom come true on earth. Exactly. So I wondered if you could talk a little bit about that, because uh, do you see that in your ministry that it's a way to bring people together instead of all these things that we can point to and say, well, this person's a different religion or a different politic or whatever it is? Yeah, I guess I can. I, I don't know if I've had enough experience to say this, that my ministry has the effect or bringing groups which may have political differences together. But what is interesting is uh, what I do spans across the spectrum of you know, Christian denominations. It's welcome everywhere in the sense of it's the word of God. Everyone, everyone shares that common reverence for the Bible, in particular, in my case, with, with Mark's gospel. And it's not because they kind of they're doing that dutifully, because it's because they know that that word of God is powerful in its own right. I could be the worst actor in the world, Anne. Um, and just to explain, I, I, in case this is you know the audience is unaware, I don't just recite these words. I perform them as a drama. In other words, I take on all the parts of the characters myself and, and enact them. Um, but the point of what I'm trying to say is I could be the worst actor of all, but the words themselves have a power and um, a healing property that people who hear them in faith can only, you know, only, only acknowledge. And it's that which draws people of all kind of, I was going to say all faiths, but certainly all denominations to an understanding, this is something we have together. We hold this together. Not only that, 
what is what is this gospel all about? This gospel is all about one man, the one we call Jesus, who is both man and God. And this one person is the answer to so much of what we've just been discussing, this difference, this, this, uh, this, these areas of difference between humanity. He, his role is to, is to bind us all together in relationship with, with God. And to be able to experience this, as it were, in, in reality, even though it's just a portrayal, you know, it's not like the sense I'm, Jesus isn't really appearing physically here. But nevertheless, there is something of his spirit at work in these performances, I believe. And to see his life enacted, it does, it does bind people to, to remember their source, who made them, and, and as you said earlier, why, why they're here. Mm-hmm. Um, and what God wants for us all, you know, that sense of bringing together this world, which is so diverse, so split up, his job, his role is, his, his vision, his dream is to bring this world together as one under Christ. And everything's been made right. All, all that's wrong, which there is plenty that's wrong to be made right. And that's what the kingdom, in my opinion, that's what when Jesus talks about the kingdom, that's what it's all about. Yeah, that's so encouraging because it, it's a vision for all of us when we imagine that there is a place and that we can strive for that place while we're here, that kingdom. So even though there's still going to be suffering and difficulty on earth and challenges is that that kingdom is, is a oneness with him, which he desires for all of his people, all of them, not just Christians or Catholics or whoever, but for every person to be with him, and, and all of us together in unity. So, so beautiful. Thank you for sharing on that. Can you also tell us more, you know, when you're in the process of your doing these performances, is there like a favorite time for you of when you get to that part of the gospel? Uh, tell us more about that. Wow. Um, there's so many of them, but I think possibly the, the one I enjoy, for, for want of a better word, the most, is is the crucifixion scene because it's so it's so horrific and so it's so painful and because it's so moving and I know I've seen it affect people really dramatically not that I'm trying to do that that's not my role but nevertheless the cruelty of it the suffering that Jesus underwent um, it never ceases to grab my emotions and it feels like you know every time i enter into it it's the horror of it that kind of captivates me and i I guess most of the audience too i i I guess i don't i i I guess there are plenty of other parts of it that really grab my attention too but that's the one i think that stands out yeah thank you thank you and I think that Mark's gospel is also a great one for people to read that if you haven't read the Bible in a while, sometimes people say that John is the one that, they, that people want to read is John's gospel, but Mark's is shorter. And it's, as you said, it's very action packed and it's not too hard to really decipher and understand as I think the literary part of the John's gospel is something that you might need somebody to kind of walk beside you. 
But if you pick up a good Bible and even read in the commentary, you'd be able to visualize, pray with, and really understand what was happening in not too many chapters. Yeah, <laughs> so I think you picked a good one. You picked yeah. a good one. Uh, now I do. I, I would like to mention uh, on your bio also the different uh, points of connection that people can make with you by going on something like social media and also your different links and things like that. So now some of the websites I have are the CMAX TV, which they can kind of Google you there, right? Um, yeah, yeah. CMAX TV dot TV. Um, and then you have uh, Facebook is I am Mark 2021, if I'm correct, right? I am Mark 2021. Twitter, you are at I am Mark. And also the same thing on Instagram. Now there's a space between I and then the underline key M underline Mark with the Twitter and Instagram. And then also on I am Mark on LinkedIn. And you also have a YouTube channel there. And the YouTube channel is also in capitals, I am Mark. So you definitely want to subscribe and check out all of those. Uh, tell us what's going on for the rest of this year. Do you have anything that's happening that you want people to know about for the rest of 2021 and even going into 2022? Sure. Um, I would love uh, people to know a little bit about, I think now we're talking more about 2022 actually. I would just mention there is my website as well, which would probably be the probably the easiest way of contact, you know, getting more information and contacting me. Uh, and so um, that's I am hyphen mark dot com, all lowercase. Okay. That's, probably the, that's probably the best thing. Thank yeah, you. To, um, at the moment, things are happening fast in terms of preparation. As I say, it's not a full calendar yet by any means, but I'm hoping in July to go down to Cornwall. Uh, as I said earlier, to follow in the footsteps of John Wesley. So uh, that'll be early July. And then in autumn to go to Bristol, doing the same thing there. Um, and there, there are other possibilities, irons in the fire at this stage, um, performances that are being arranged. But I can't really say with any definiteness that at this stage that they can be publicized. But they're, they're happening, I think. <laughs> mm -hmm. All good. It's all good stuff. You know, I could say this, if I ever get out to the UK, I would love to meet with meet you, watch your performances, because that is one of my goals is to visit there at some point. That'd be great. My daughter was there about, about a year and a half ago with school. Uh, she visited the UK and, uh, and also a couple other places while she was there just for, I think it was a 10 day trip. And so that was beautiful. And, yeah, and it, it gave me that desire <laughs> after she came home and said oh mom you have to go you have to visit where would you like to go if you were if you were to go to the uk i mean definitely london right i mean and and then i would probably ask you where else i should visit <laughs> lovely places winchester is a lovely place which isn't okay. too far from where i live um let me think york is another one they're both cathedral towns mm. but they're full of character so i would definitely go to oh. those and bristol as well actually also a good one yeah, no, thank you. Well, you know that I'll be in touch when I visit. <laughs> I definitely will be. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, if I manage to get to the States, I'll, I'll do the same for you as well. Because yes. um, as I say, I'd love to be able to tour in the States. That's something that's in my mind as a possibility at any rate at this stage. I hope so. Now, I'm in Philadelphia, and that's where Bill was actually 
originally from this area, but Bill, Bill Snyder, my co-host, who's the founder of Patchwork Heart Ministry and streaming this for us on his YouTube channel. He's now out in Wisconsin, but we, we, we stream it from two different places, right? I'm here in Philadelphia and it's great when we have guests like you who are from a different place that were coming from several different areas. So yeah, if you ever visit Philadelphia, I'll have to come, you'll have to come and I'll give you the tour and everything like that. So thank you. Yeah, that, that would be beautiful. Uh, so we, we have so much more to discuss, a um, little bit more on the podcast here and talk a little bit more if you can about even about your personal faith journey, because obviously there maybe there was a time in your own life that you really felt God speaking to you that, you know what, I want you to get involved in ministry. What do you remember a time that that became that came alive for you? I think it depends what. Yeah, um, I guess I, that was a, a thought earlier on in early on in my Christian life I had a I had a most profound kind of conversion experience for want of a better phrase as a 24 year old and um, found myself one day in my room as a student um, wondering whether God existed having read a couple of books about him and then deciding actually I, I wonder if it's true and praying I remember praying and I didn't know how to do it really but I I did I just looked at the ceiling and I started talking to God. At least I thought God might exist. Uh, and I started talking to God about my day. And it was just incredible, really, because as I did that, it, well, to cut a long story short, there was a sense of God's presence there. And I, you know, was totally surprised. I was not expecting it. <laughs> I didn't even know what it was, frankly. It's a long story, but it was just so, it was such a miraculous one in, in the sense that I felt completely and unconditionally loved for who I was. More that, and I had at this stage, by this stage in that, that evening, realized that my life was a bit of a mess. And I'd done all, all some awful things, but even so I was forgiven and I was loved. Um, and I knew that my life had to change completely. And I started thinking, okay, what can I do? So in terms of ministry, I, I started searching quite quickly. And, and I had this experience about a month later when, for me, because I'd never been a Christian before, um, when a friend of mine said, how about you and I and some friends going carol singing uh, around the houses in where we live? For me, that was just uh, such um, a beautiful experience because I started singing these songs and they were, um, they were songs I knew, obviously, but I, this is the first time I realized that they were true. <laughs> and I realized God really did exist and Mary really did exist and, and Jesus really did exist. And he, etc. all these words became, and I was so on fire that I thought to myself, I, I don't want to stop. I don't want this ever to stop. I don't want the joy that I feel now going carol singing with some friends, ever to go away. And so when they went home and got tucked up in bed, I decided, no, I'm gonna carry on. So I carried on singing. I know it's a bit strange, but I went to the local park and I started singing, carried on singing all the way through to two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I was so overjoyed. And then it became suddenly really, really quiet. And I found myself thinking, God's here with me. And what I thought I heard at that point is stayed with me. This was the thing that stayed with me. Um, I want you to go into the world and I want you to communicate 
the love you feel with others. Mm. And I didn't know what that looked like. It's only now in this last uh, phase of my life, I'm 60 years old now, 24 to 60. It's only now that I realize that this is part, what I'm doing is part of that. I'm sure I have done it in other ways, but this feels what I'm made for. So in terms of a call to ministry, it happened way back, but only now has it become real in the sense that I can say, I think this is what God meant. And um, I'm so happy. I'm so happy. I'm sure he means more than that, to be fair to him, but <laughs> I'm so happy that this happened. Mm. What a story. Thank you for sharing that. I'm glad that we got to that question because that's a big one. And, um, and, and then it leads me to ask you this question, and it is kind of an advice for listeners because obviously you've developed your relationship with God, but I think we're always on a journey with God that we're never quite there, right? We always have to continue to walk with him. It's not like, hey, I've arrived, I'm going to heaven and all is great. I mean, we still have to continue to live that out. Uh, do you have any advice for people listening on prayer and how they can grow closer to the Lord in their prayer life daily? Oh, what a lovely question. Thank you for asking that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I do some work as a spiritual director and, and my, it's my obsession. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> I've, I've learned because I've come, I come from a, a charismatic evangelical background where in the past, certainly, there's been a lot, of, a lot of emphasis on speaking your prayers. And that's fine. And lots of emphasis on saying a lot of words. But I found that actually, if, if one is to pray, the, the best thing one can do is to follow the advice in the Bible, which is found, I think the best advice for prayer is in Psalm 46, verse 10. Mm, Psalm 46, verse 10. It says, be still and know that I'm God. And I, what I love about that verse is the word order as well as the meaning. Because what it says is, be still and then know that I'm God. That's the order. So there's something about being still, about quietening yourself, I think, that's important. Because prayer is not just me talking to God. Prayer is also me listening to God. It's a dialogue. And indeed, sometimes prayer can be just quiet. This is something I owe to my brothers and sisters in the Roman Catholic faith that, you know, men, members of my faith, my Christian denomination, I think sometimes haven't really, you know, in, certainly in the past, it was unfamiliar territory for them. But listening and quietness are so important because what we're talking about here is a relationship. We're not talking about a monologue. And so, prayer, and so prayer for me, and it doesn't matter how experienced or inexperienced you are, always starts with a place, if you can, of stillness. And for that to happen, there are some things you can do. Prayer isn't actually something that you're in charge of. I think that's something that needs to be established. God is the one who, who is, the main, is the main mover in prayer. He inspires us to pray. But there are things we can do to prepare for that. How about, as Jesus says, shutting yourself in a room away from others, finding space to be alone? How about giving adequate time? After all, if you are going to have a relationship with someone you love and a friendship with someone, you don't spend just five minutes with them. You give them time. 
you get to know them. And therefore, there is a need, I think, to set aside a reasonable amount of time to get to know God and for God to get to know you a bit, actually. So time's important. A space is important. Some people like to go out into the countryside as well because nature reminds them of God or, or whatever it might be, but it doesn't have to be. It can be in your own room. Um, John Wesley's mother, Susanna, she had, I think it must have been about 13 children, um, but she knew this principle. And what she used to do is get a, a tablecloth and when she wanted to pray, she put it over her head in order to get space away from her children. See, you do anything you can <laughs> to get space. And then when you found it, don't rush into prayer because a lot of the time when we try to pray, it's hard and distracting because we're full of nervous tension. Actually, what we need to try and do is just calm down a bit. So just breathe. Just breathe, look around, just notice things around you. Don't rush into prayer. I used to do retreats and I used to say to people, right, before you do anything else, just have a walk and look at things, but don't pray. I forbid you to pray. And they say, but we've come on a retreat and, and you're telling me not to pray. And I'm saying, yeah, because unless you calm down and get present and be in the moment, you're never going to find it yeah, easy. I agree with you. That's good advice. My goodness. Yeah, so, I never heard that before, but I love that. I'm going to definitely keep that in mind. Yeah. So, yeah. so those, those are the things. And then finally, I would say, um, don't forget that when you pray, it's, not, it's always a wise idea to be honest. <laughs> God mm -hmm. knows all about you. There's no point trying to put on false, a false front. <laughs> so even if you're feeling the most, you know, you've been the, the, you're the most messed up you've ever felt it's probably wise in the end to try to get that out and be open god knows what you're like and he, he not only that he's compassionate he knows we're weak we, he knows we're we're just flesh and so he's able to help us in it but unless we're honest it's not gonna work he's not going to be able to in mm. a sense so be honest with him and remember that he wants you to pray more than you want to pray he wants to be with you more than you want to be with him so ask him to help you ask his holy spirit to help you mm. and that, wow that's you've really fun. helped me I, I i love this uh holy advice especially about calming yourself one of the practices that i do when i pray is i look out i have a beautiful big window that i look out and there are some pretty trees and leaves and uh, it, it really draws me to God when I look at that scene, even if it's the same scene every day, I love to watch the changes in seasons too. Here in Pennsylvania, of course, we've big change in seasons yeah. and the color of the leaves and the sky and the sun and the effects of the light. And it really does draw me into prayer. And so thanks for bringing that up because I, I think it is a, a, an important thing for us to get outside of our own desires because sometimes when we pray we all have those desires we're praying for somebody who's sick we're praying for somebody who lost their job we're praying for our own um, needs and and our family and so we get kind of focused on those things that are going on but when we kind of get outside of that a little bit and just notice what's happening around us in nature and and i think that's an important thing so thank you for bringing that to our attention and 
and we have about five or 10 minutes left of the podcast. How about the spiritual direction? Because there might be somebody listening who is interested in spiritual, spiritual direction with you. Does it have to be in person or do you do it online? Because certainly you've got people over here in the United States that might be listening and thinking, hmm, he sounds like he'd be great. I do do it on Zoom as well. Yeah. So um, by all means, um, if you went to my website, www.im-mark.com, there's a contact form. If you want to contact me there through that, that would be one way of doing it. I'd be, I'd be certainly open to uh, discussion. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good to know. And I'll keep it in mind as well for people that I know might be interested. And um, so before we end, then is there any other, anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners about either what's going on or about your ministry, anything at all, please do use this time as a way to connect with our listeners. Yeah, I think um, I would say that I, I mean, now we've started talking about prayer. As I said earlier, it's like it's a personal kind of thing of mine, a hobby horse, if you like. Um, but yeah, I, I just want to build on what you said about desires a bit, actually. I think you're right. We can get caught up in our own thinking. And that's probably hugely difficult for us. Uh, you know, in terms of understanding where God is in, in everything. Um, but there's nothing wrong with saying to God honestly too about what we want. I mean, as you, as you know, as you know, with Ignatian spirituality about that, asking for what you want is actually quite, quite important. So that, that'd be one thing. Um, I'm trying to think, actually, what else is there to say? Um, pretty much said everything I can actually. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. It's a long podcast, so it gives you that opportunity to cover all the different areas. I just wanted to make sure that that I also asked the right questions, because in personally speaking, I think that your ministry and you are an incredible person of faith. And I, Bill and I would love to have you back again. And I know that he had a desire to be here with us today and, and unfortunately wasn't able to, to, to come along this time. But it doesn't mean that next time he won't be here for Sorry. another podcasts with us with sewing hope podcast and and just a couple other calls to action for people who are listening is to please do check out on patchworkheart.org that we have a brand new book called hearts burning within us this is a book specifically geared to college age students and and their questions of faith and so that book is newly available all you need to do is go to patchworkheart.org check it out and thank you so much for doing that And so again, Stefan, thank you for joining us on the Sewing Hope podcast. It's been a real pleasure. And thank you so much. It's been lovely to meet you again. And uh, and great to hear Bill's voice earlier as well. So thank you so much for inviting me. God bless. We will see you next time, Stefan. And to everyone else, join us again for the next episode of the Sewing Hope podcast. Please do subscribe to our YouTube channel at Patchwork Heart Ministry on YouTube. God bless. We'll see you all next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Sewing Hope on Patchwork Heart Radio. For more information about this podcast and our ministries, visit our websites, patchworkheart.org and andesantis.com. You can also follow and interact with us on Twitter at PWH Ministry or andesantis2.